Welcome to the High for This Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Taylor. records I want to talk about this week briefly because I'm still obsessed with the Nationals I am easy to find I definitely think you should listen to that multiple times and tell me your favorite songs on that as well the music we just heard is from Steve Lacey from his record Apollo 21 Steve Lacey's the guitar player from the internet they had a record last year Hive Mind he also is featured on Vampire Weekend's latest record on at least Sunflower and Flower Moon and possibly other tracks as well. I enjoy this record. I've listened to it in the car a couple times. Definitely check this out if you're interested in hearing more from Steve Lacey. I've been up all night drinking along I ain't got no business out on the road The next record I want to talk about is the latest record from Justin Towns Earl called The Saint of Lost Causes. I like this song called Mornings in Memphis. This is one of those records that comes out and just has amazing side players on it to where the guitar sound great. The music's pretty timeless. You're not going to hear this in Think 2019, but you're also going to not know what year it came out. And I love... Um, sort of Nashville artists that sound that way. Justin Towns Earl's, sorry, Justin Towns Earl is Steve Earl's son. He has the Nick, he has the middle name Towns. Steve Earl and Towns Van Zant were actually best friends. This record I really enjoyed. I put on a number of records, including the new Aladdin soundtrack in the car, just trying to figure out how I felt about this past week in music. Nothing really stuck with me too much. But I listened to this whole record, and I really just enjoyed the warm blanket of how it uh, reminded me of my Americana roots and singer-songwriter, acoustic and pedal steel and all that that always works for me. So, The Saint of Lost Causes by Justin Towns Earl. Shows we saw this week. Thursday, we saw Deridorian down at Public Records in Gowanus. I mentioned I might hit that one. Public Records is right at the edge of the Burham Hill Gowanus border, you could say, right at the very top of the Gowanus Canal. Very hip venue, my first time there. I like it a lot, and I actually think it'd be a nice place to go to have drinks with people and just kind of hang. It can be a little off putting, I think. Because it looks a little too cool for your average Joe. But once you're inside, it really isn't that big of a deal. It's pretty laid back, actually. At the back of the sort of courtyard, because the you know there's a nice bar inside, and then there's like an outdoor space. And actually, if you walk by during the day, there's a little coffee shop up front. Um, but at night, it turns into this bar lounge thing. In the back, though, was this venue... And it actually reminded me a little bit of college and like spaces you might perform chamber music in. 
it seems like it's the kind of room makes most sense with maybe some trance or like a DJ or something. But yeah, there was an opening band and then Angel Territorian played. I had no idea what to expect. And I can't say what I heard was unexpected, but it was very droney. The pieces she composed, very little vocals. It wasn't your traditional lyrics type thing. It was droney type vocals. She's Armenian, and the way she described it is there were three different woodwind type sounds. Very aleatoric music to where there's not really, there's not a meter per se. There's just kind of like things happening and layers coming in and out. And she was sitting on the floor with like a Casio keyboard sitting on a pillow, doing her thing, and then she had some controllers with her. I wouldn't say they were, I guess they were samples, but she was really kind of triggering things here or there, and it was about 45 minutes or 50 minutes of music. Very interesting to hear. Um, like I said, I was very interested in what she was up to since she left the Dirty Projectors a number of years ago, since she was such a force in that band. I'm glad I went. Definitely glad I checked out the venue. I actually like to bring people back to go hang out at that bar. It was actually a lot of, looked like a lot of fun just to like be in this ultra hip space and just have a, you know, artisanal cocktail or two. Um, yeah, and I, I didn't know who was going to be there, what, what the crowd was going to be like. I actually saw Haley Deckel from the Dirty Projectors. I mean, I didn't speak to her, but she was there with friends supporting Angel um, Robin Pecknold, the lead singer of the Fleet Foxes, he was there. I actually didn't recognize him. I, I saw him, and then I saw his Instagram later. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was him. That back room, though, as artsy as it may see, seem, I mean, it's, it's really like swank cocktail lounge type service and prices. You know, it's eight bucks for a kombucha. There's like $12... IPAs and stuff. I actually had a tall boy can of water, which was like five or six bucks. Anyways, it's bordering on pretentious, but glad I went. I, I love the Gowanus neighborhood because that really used to be a wasteland. It used to be kind of a no man's land. Before the Lyft and Uber, when you had to take the R train out there, it really sucked. And the fact that now you can kind of get around really easily and everywhere along that neighborhood, stuff's popping up. I mean, restaurants, bars, little shops, little bespoke this and that. Public Records makes a lot of sense in that neighborhood, and I'm glad it's there. So that was on Thursday night. On Friday, made my way back to Webster Hall and saw MGMT and Warpaint opened up. I got there five or ten minutes into Warpaint's set. And I like the new layout of the ballroom because, yeah, it gets sold out and packed, but you never get some to the point where you can't make your way up front or make your way to where you need to in the crowd. It feels like it breathes a lot more. And also, if you're willing to watch the opening acts, it's very easy to get in the front row. So I ended up in the front row for this entire night. Granted, I couldn't use the bathroom or get a drink all night, but... I was able to get some good shots and watch both bands. Warpaint was great. Painfully short set. 
because I think they only played 40 or 45 minutes. And they weren't just busting out the hits. They were playing some deep cuts. Uh, it was not the showcase for them, per se. They were lined up in front of MGMT's gear. But it's always awesome to see them, and they're so good. So I was really glad to check them out. Warpaint's also opening up for My Morning Jacket this summer at Forest Hills in August. Might make that show as well. We'll see. They were cool to watch. MGMT. We're good. Now, I mentioned last week how they get ragged on by a lot of people for the way they perform some of their songs. And I'm thinking 10 years ago when I first saw them, I had friends that never forgave them for that. In the meantime, they've released three other records. The second record they had was Congratulations. I remember when it came out and many people were just absolutely repulsed by the songs they put out. I remember, I remember flash delirium was the first single and thinking to myself, what in the hell is this? Because their first record had what were legitimately bangers on it. At least three singles that were awesome. Time to pretend electric eel and kids and at the show on Friday, I got video of all three. Time to pretend was definitely the first time in the show where I was like, okay, these guys actually can kick ass when they want to. I think the problem is that those songs to me are classics. And I think the marketplace reflected that because they had legitimate hits and they had they sold some of those songs to like car commercials and stuff. Now, the second record, yes, they released some singles but I don't think that means those are classic songs. Uh, their third record was self-titled called MGMT. And the fourth record, actually I don't even remember the titles because I've kind of, I kind of gave up on them on their ability to produce another great sounding record. And there are other bands like that too. The Gaslight Anthem, you know, in 2008, 59 Sound made a perfect record and they've made bad records since then. Not even just like average records, like not good, not good music since then. Um, but anyways, MGMT though, the fan base was kind of surprising to me because it wasn't people my age, you know, late 30s. It was a lot of 25-year-old kids and a lot of super amped up kids and maybe some like finance bros in the crowd. They were actually annoying the shit out of me during Warpaint's set. There was a lot of drunken hooting, hollering, where it really wasn't called for. Um, anyways, MGMT's set, though, when they were good, they were really good. And when they were, when they were playing songs from the first record, I was in. However, they were playing deep cuts in the first record, and I was like, you know what, this is fine, but this is not like a, not a band that actually has, like, a deep bench of awesome songs. And when they were peppering in songs from the second, third and fourth records, I'm like, I'm like, I'm not really into this at all. Um, it's strange. The crowd was yelling out the most random requests. A lot of people wanted to hear the song. Congratulations, which is an okay song, but it was weird for, for their energy and the way they were, they were presenting in the crowd. They wanted to hear like kind of stuff. I don't know. On congratulations. I do love the song. Um, Hey, I Found a Whistle. I think that's an amazing song. They never play it. They didn't play it on uh, 
Friday. But I do think they redeemed themselves for the way they play Kids. Kids was the song that people complained about because they would just hit the button on the laptop and all of a sudden they're off singing over the laptops. Kids on Friday actually was the last song of the set before the encore, and it was 12 minutes. And it had sort of a um, minimalist kind of like techno jam in the middle that was actually really good. And it had a build-up and a build-up, and then when it returned with the chorus at the end, it was actually really banging. I have video of that, and it was really cool. I was glad, I was glad to be there. It made going to the show worth it. And honestly, time to pretend, hearing that live and the way they played it, that was a bit of a nostalgia for me, and I really enjoyed it. So I think that was like a really high moment that made worth, it made it worth going. So I had a little bit of decade nostalgia for the band. I'm not sure I would go see them the next time they play. You know, even if like somebody like War Paints the opener, it was it was fine. I don't know. Maybe I've outgrown them. But those are the two shows I saw this past week. Also want to get you prepared for the week. Shows coming up, things you might want to check out. I'm recording this on Tuesday, May 28th. A little later than normal. Big Memorial Day weekend. Allie and I actually drove out to the Hamptons in Montauk. First time. Aren't regulars. Uh, it was actually pretty nice. Couldn't swim. That's why we did so much driving. Had we been able to swim at Jones Beach, we would have just stayed there. But because it got... It was, what, 20 degrees colder there than it was at our house. So, kept driving. Made it to Montauk. Wasn't so bad. Anyways, tomorrow is Wednesday. And at Wednesday at Music Hall of Williamsburg, Wise Blood, who I featured, I think on the first episode of the podcast, which was about four weeks ago. Also tomorrow night, The Voids, which is Julian Casablanca's other band, new band, whatever you want to call it. Julian Casablanca's is obviously... The lead singer of The Strokes. Hotel. We live right in the border of Bushwick and Bed-Stuy. The Market Hotel is less than a mile from us, I guess. It is right at the Myrtle JMZ stop. There is a building that has a doorway, and you go upstairs, and there's kind of a what looks like a DIY space where you might have like a little market on the weekends or something. Anyway, that's Market Hotel. It's apparently operated by NYC Taper now. He has something to do with it. But yeah, The Voids are playing tomorrow night. That's actually probably going to be a cool show to hit. Their record last year was actually really good. I didn't put it on my best of list because it's also forgettable. But Casablanca's in the past you know, 13 years, 
third strokes record, not that great. Um, I, I gave it a chance actually last year, not that great. His solo work, strange. I saw that 10 years ago at Terminal 5. You know, wanted to love it. It's, eh. Anyway, the voids, it's actually kind of what you'd hope for from the strokes. And I'm curious if they're going to make more music soon or if they're doing kind of a cash grab this summer playing some festivals, but we'll see. Tomorrow night, Wednesday, 529 and 530, which is Thursday, Rufus Wainwright is playing City Winery. Yellow walls are lined with portraits and Got my new red fetching leather jacket All these poses, such beautiful poses Makes any boy feel like picking up I'm actually not sure what the final date for City Winery is Since that space is getting taken over I guess Disney owns the building And Disney's going to build up their footprint there But City Winery is going to open up a space on the west side on the highway somewhere. They have this whole space planned out. Um, anyway, best of luck to them. Rufus Wainwright, I love and will love forever for his album, which was early, I guess 2002, 2003, called Poses. You know, I've loved it ever since. Loved him ever since. Haven't seen him. Um, definitely have seen some of his live stuff he's done. His performances can be very flamboyant. He's done tributes to Judy Garland. The Works... Um, I would actually love to hit one of these shows, although I'm sure it's city winery is usually a sit down affair where you have a table and it's hard to kind of squeeze in if something is sold out and these might be sold out Friday, which is the 31st, Kevin Morby, his recent record. Oh my God. We featured a couple weeks ago. He's playing town hall. This will probably be a nice show. You know, decent venue for him. 1,500 people at Town Hall is nothing to, nothing to joke about. Pretty good. And then, of course, this weekend is Governor's Ball, which we do not have tickets to and are not going to get tickets to. Not a hugest fan of the lineup in any way, shape, or form. However, because, because it's Governor's Ball, a lot of bands are doing what they call Governor's Ball after dark shows. And so Brooklyn Bazaar, I guess this is Saturday and Sunday, Soccer Mommy is playing. I bet you try to go to one of those shows. Governor's Ball, I've been. I went six years ago. We even had VIP. That was the year in 2013 that it rained the first night. Like, Feist got canceled. Kings of Leon got pushed the next day. I think Beach House was playing and got pushed. Um, thank the Lord when we got there that we had VIP because... We could go to these paved areas where the general population was in about five inches of mud. It was so gross. But that year ended up being pretty good for shows. This year, I'm just not into... Like, I'm looking at Friday. 
Tyler, the creator, who we talked about last week, fine, but I'm not going to go all the way to Randall's Island and stand around all day to see Tyler, the creator. I mean, on Friday, I guess Blood Orange, I like The Voids, but you can see that on Market Hotel, it'll be much better. Cautious Clay, who's awesome, but why not see Cautious Clay in a smaller room? You'll definitely have a chance. And then who we got Saturday? I don't like Florence and the Machine. No way. I would wait around all day for that. Casey Musgraves, lover. Saw her at the Beacon in January. Lord Huron. Also, I love their records. They're playing upstate this summer. I'm definitely going to try to see that. You know, Ty Dolla Sign, Playboy Cardi. Those shows can go either way uh, on the festival circuit because... No matter how good somebody is or how much charisma or how much energy they put into the show, the production makes a difference, the sound makes a difference, where you're standing makes a difference. And so some of these shows will shock you and be way better than you could have ever imagined, but some of them can go south and you don't know which ones. Like you don't know who is actually going to like really shine on the festival stage. So we'll see. And then Sunday, The Strokes, eh, Nas. Nas was one of the headliners in 2013. Was cool to see, you know, he played opposite Guns N' Roses. We were in the VIP for Guns N' Roses, and that was not really Guns N' Roses. It was like Guns N' Roses The Ride back then, because it wasn't the tour with Slash and Duff. This was before that. It was just Axel and a bunch of hired guns. SZA? Yeah, is great. I don't know how much it'll be good on the festival scene. And like I said, if you're not VIP, if you're in a gigantic crowd and you're back you know, 50 yards, 100 yards from the stage, it really, you don't know what it's going to sound like. You know, when I was at Governor's Ball in 2013, the XX sounded amazing. They sounded they sounded so good, and it almost didn't matter where you were. The Dirty Projectors, who I love, sounded horrendous. Oh, my God, it was, like, so bad. And who else is even on here? Lily Allen saw her at Bonnaroo in 2007, I think it was. Charlie XCX in the middle of the day. Actually, I bet she's good on the festival scene. Soccer Mommy will probably be okay. But like like I said, she's playing those after-hours shows at Brooklyn Bazaar and Greenpoint. That's more my scene, so I'll probably definitely be there for that. All right, anyways, that's the shows for the week. Governor's Ball is the big event around here. If you're into that, if you want to do a festival, go do a festival. For me, I want to be very specific when I do a festival, so not for me this time. Gonna try to hit Wise Blood tomorrow, I think, instead of The Voids. I don't know. That's a that's a toss-up. Rufus Wainwright, I love, probably won't end up at those shows. Kevin Morby probably won't end up there either. If the weather is nice this weekend, Soccer Mom is going to be a flip of the coin, whether we're actually in town or not. We'll see. But plenty of fun stuff to do. So that's it for the shows this week coming up. Woo!